Inspiring Entrepreneurs is brought to you by City Commercial Bank in conjunction with International Women's Day. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. According to the International Monetary Fund, adding more women to the labor force should bring larger economic gains than an equal increase in male workers. But to do so, support of women in the working world from male colleagues is key. In this special podcast series brought to you by City Commercial Bank in celebration of International Women's Day, we will speak to inspiring professionals who embody the spirit of entrepreneurship and champion the power of women in the working world, their thoughts, their lessons, what inspires and drives them. Today, we speak with Richard Coe, Group CEO and founder of MDAC Global, to find out more about his journey as an entrepreneur and his thoughts on the importance of culture and women in the workplace. Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Great to have you with us. Now, Richard, I've got to ask you, MDAC is quite a unique company. What was the catalytic moment that led you to launch MDAC? About 20 plus years back when I was having my first stint in a US investment bank, very quickly I realized that a large part of my year-end incentive compensation was in, in the form of stocks. Restricted mm. stock units, and it is a US dollar stock. And I'm a Singapore, you know, guy. And I was always wondering what is my walk away price about to walk, and then I lose my invested shares in Singapore dollar terms. So that was that very first single basic idea of how I can see a foreign stock, foreign security in my home currency, my portfolio currency. What is it worth on a real-time basis? And that is really what that first product came about. And I understand your mission is to create a world without currency borders. How far and how successful do you feel you've been on that mission? I think we're still early days. Despite having been in business longer than most startups, we've been around for 13 years. And we're probably also one of the few that has already crossed the break-even point, which profitability back in 2018. But our solutions today actually helps some of our key clients, especially those in the e-commerce field, sell locally in uh, as many as 45 countries in the world. And if you look at these 45 countries and the population that they represent, uh, when I last checked, something like 4 billion out of our total population of close to 7, 8 billion in the world. So I would say it has probably reached something like half of the world's population indirectly through our solution. Richard, can you give me an example then? I mean, that's a phenomenal number of how MDAC might apply to me on a daily basis when I go shopping, for example, or online shopping even. So if today you were to buy something online and on a foreign website, whether it's from China, from US mm-hmm. or, or elsewhere, the currency quota is different from your local, say, Citibank, Sing Dollar credit card. If you are buying something, say, 100 US, and you think it's roughly 132 Sing Dollars, but you know that they're going to charge you an arm and a leg, that means a typical credit card spread uh, uh, that applies to all types of credit cards, about 4%, then you probably end up paying like maybe 136 138 But you're not really sure. You have bought the item and you only know the exact price two days later. We changed the whole uh, uh, equation, the whole uh, experience by reducing uh, the risk. We say that why not you can make this website looks local to you at the point mm. of browsing. And then you can just uh, look at it and say, oh, actually it's 132 sing dollar. You decide to buy or not and you'll be 132 sing. And even if you end up doing a refund uh, within three months, we'll give you back 132 sing. So this price commitment, the guarantee, the whole seamless uh, actually makes uh, our clients' uh, business in 45 countries go local, hyper-local. And also it increases their sales 
by reducing something called shopping cart abandonment. What was that like? Because lots of us have ideas of different situations that may impact us on a daily basis. But it takes that something extra to step up and say, hey, actually, I want to do something about this. This is an issue that is really bugging me. Now I'm going to create a solution. It's taking that next step that really sets apart the entrepreneurs and the founders from everybody else. What was it like in the early days starting up the company and getting things going? Well, I, I like to uh, repeat this quote uh, from mm-hmm. someone else uh, and I kind of uh, believe what it says and what it embodies, which is uh, entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can live hopefully the rest of your life like most people can't. Right? Mm-hmm. So there is going to be going through valley of death and challenges, baptism of fire, uh, but that's really all part of the deep part of the journey. It wasn't always easy in the early days, and I understand that your staff stayed with you when things got really tough. Can you tell us more about that? Well, um, two years after our founding, uh, being very immature and inexperienced in business, uh, we, we had a term sheet uh, at the time from a very large US bank and mm-hmm. a very large uh, Asia-Pacific stock exchange. They wanted to both invest together. And they told us that they can close this deal in like three or four months. But mm-hmm. the term sheet has this very special clause that it says no shop. And being a typical startup, your cash flow, your runway tends to be limited. You know, you'd be lucky to have uh, six months, one year of of runway at any mm-hmm. given point. We thought they can close it in three, four months and we had a runway of say six months and we saw it'd be just nice. But that whole deal... Uh, negotiation, everything, ended up breaking it to like six, seven, eight months and we were basically running on fumes and at some point, uh, we ran out of money. The leadership started to take hits. We say, you know, let's cut our own pay by half, by three quarter and then do nothing but we never ever wanted to touch uh, the livelihood, the paycheck mm-hmm. of our people. Uh, so when that thing happened, we never owe any money. Uh, unlike most startups, by the time you found out, you, you, you read about it, you have already been in the red uh, in terms of your salary for two, three months, we actually tell them ahead of time that next month will be your last paycheck. Uh, we know we're sorry you come to this, but we are not going to give up. As captain of the boat, we'll go down with the ship. And it was a very emotional thing because one after another, as I give that small sort of a, a all, all, all hands uh, meeting, or I call a town hall, uh, one after another, half the company came and stand beside me oh to say, goodness. we will stick with you. Uh, you know, I, I can't do much, but at least I can keep the lights on. I'll help you wind wind down, close the book, etc., etc. So eventually, out of the twenty plus people, about a dozen stayed with me, and we went through about eight nine months of no pay. That must have been such an emotional journey then, and that really boils down to the relationship that you have with your staff. Since we are talking on the back of International Women's Day, perhaps you can talk to me about the culture and diversity that you have at MDAC. I understand that you have quite a large portion of women in the workplace in comparison to industry peers, given the sector is traditionally quite male-dominated. In terms of the ratio uh, at the leadership Mm. level, we have about one-third who are female. Okay. Um, and to me, female colleagues actually lend a very uh, different perspective to the way we see things, the way we see risk, challenges, solution. We embrace diversity and, and inclusivity a lot. So very often, if we all come from the same background, same culture, same gender, the answers tend to be very similar. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this is something that we have helped in terms of our innovation. Perhaps you can give me some examples. As they say, it takes a village to raise a child, and you have created a village. How are you supporting women in your workplace? One of the example was a couple of years ago. One mm-hmm. of our key leader, uh, her name was Karen, and then she uh, just gave birth to her first child. In fact, she had a second child, but she was also here, and we supported her through the whole maternity and mm-hmm. everything. But in her first child, she just. Uh, left her banking job um, and she just joined us and she was still uh, basically nursing her child. Okay. Uh, she was asking for, is there a place that we can? Yeah. And uh, we actually converted one of the meeting rooms to create the table, the chairs. We put in a little massage chair, put in some mood lighting, we put in a nice uh, aromatic diffuser and then we have curtains and everything. It just make the whole place feel very nice and homely. I see. And that's great in terms of supporting women when it comes to developing and growing their family. But what about supporting women when it comes to rising up the ranks within the organization? How do you ensure equal opportunities for your female co-workers? To us, we don't see it as a female versus Mm. male opportunity. Because I think some organizations try to maybe use terms like, oh, you know, let's focus on uh, women in tech or, or, or the more you put the gender in front, you are in a way already saying that you can only be good if you play in this field, in this box. To us, everybody has the same equal opportunity. And that to me is actually a very, maybe a bit unusual, but maybe even controversial, but it's actually a good first step. Um, because the moment you just say, okay, you know, look, this top prize, this opportunity is only given to women and men cannot compete. Then even if you win it, you'll feel that you're just winning amongst a certain subset. We're speaking with Richard Coe, Group CEO and founder of MDAC Global, to discuss the spirit of entrepreneurship and supporting women in the working world as part of an inspiring entrepreneur series brought to you by City Commercial Bank in celebration of International Women's Day. Now, Richard, earlier on we were talking about the percentage of women that you have in your workforce. You mentioned that it's about one-third female, but that you would like that number to grow. You also shared that you have quite a significant number of nationalities, diverse nationalities within your organization about 20 nationalities, if I'm correct. We spoke about whether or not you have initiatives to support women when it comes to progression, but you mentioned that you don't differentiate between gender. But how do you tackle, say, for example, perhaps not directly, you may not be exposed to, but there may be instances of unconscious bias within the organization? Actually, if there was a conscious bias, it was the other way around. We are mm. trying to, the way that we hire, we say, all things being equal, uh, we want to find more female. Okay, in some of our clients that we deal with, especially those China-based uh, big techs, uh, their gender ratio is amazing. Uh, we have a very close partner, so our shareholder, they have almost 50-50. And in their top leadership rank, uh, it's probably skewed towards women. We look at that and how it translated into their innovation, their their whole culture, their way of just treating people themselves and their clients and partner has all really seen a very maternalistic uh, mm. and softer touch. Something which I find it quite lacking when you compare to, say, a bit of the cutthroat world, maybe of the slightly Western sort of culture where it's always just results-driven in a very masculine world. And speaking of your business evolving and perhaps looking at bringing on more women into your office and into your management ranks, I want to talk to you about the importance of support from your bank in navigating difficult and new environments as you grow, as you expand as a company. 
while footprint is important and everyone will probably mention about that, but to us, uh, we feel that the bank has created a lot of uh, bespoke solution for us uh, that is not run of the mill. Every bank will just try to sell you products. You say, yeah, I can sell you products from my inventory and it's all boils down to just pricing. There's hardly uh, any significant differentiation, but City has gone out of the way to really piece together things that they otherwise do not have and co-create it with clients like us uh, in order to really change the world. Right? And it has become uh, our house bank since then. Okay. Now, Richard, I have to ask you, what are some of the future international expansion plans for MDAC as you work on your mission to create a world without currency borders? Um, I think during the COVID time, uh, it gave us a lot to think about uh, mm. as our people all went back to their respective home countries so that they can be more well taken care of by their respective government in terms of vaccination, social security and so on. But we also used the chance to then start thinking that actually we should see this diversity not just as a buzzword but also our strength. So where they are, we actually then wrap around a home office or sometimes mm. a shared co-working space and we started to expand. So at this stage, we have physical presence uh, in uh, London, in Japan, in Korea, in China, in Hong Kong, in Indonesia, different cities, Singapore. Uh, and we find that to be actually very helpful because then we can be closer to where the opportunities are. And to end off, I'd like you to share with aspiring entrepreneurs who are listening to your inspiring story, what's one word or one phrase that you would say to those who are looking to start off or perhaps have already started off but are having a tough time? As far as innovation is concerned, the best way to predict the future is to invent it. So don't wait. Do it now. (laughs) Wonderful. Wise words to end on. Richard, thank you so much for spending the time and talking to us today to share your story. Thank you very much, Rachel. Thank you. We've been speaking with Richard Coe, Group CEO and founder of MDAC Global, to discuss the spirit of entrepreneurship and supporting women in the working world as part of an inspiring entrepreneur series brought to you by City Commercial Bank in celebration of International Women's Day, in which we speak to inspiring professionals who embody the spirit of entrepreneurship and champion the power of women in the working world, their thoughts, their lessons, what inspires and drives. Them. I'm Rachel Kelly. You've been listening to Money FM 89.3. The views expressed in this interview are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of City Commercial Bank. Inspiring Entrepreneurs was brought to you by City Commercial Bank in conjunction with International Women's Day.